Welcome to Invest Stories, a podcast about real stories, real estate, and taking real action. Join hosts John Cooper and Kyle Robertson as they talk investing, mindset, and taking that first step. We all have a story. What's yours? The Invest Stories Podcast. Booyah. Welcome to the Investories Podcast with me, your host, John Hooper. Uh, Kyle's not here this week. He's off on his travels again, being summer. Uh, it's going to be a busy few weeks for us, but we still want to bring you the, the great content um, you expect from us. So we're we're still out there doing that. And um, speaking of which, we're retooling the show. We want to make it super relevant. We want to keep things um, moving forward and, and continue to serve our, our listeners um, and especially those who get in touch, thank you so much for the, for the kind feedback. Um, we really appreciate it. If you have questions, if you want to come on the show, if you have questions and want to ask them on the show, um, or if you're interested in mindset, growth, investing, real estate, business, drop us a line. Um, come say hi and, and tell us what you're looking for. Investoriespodcast at gmail.com and investoriespod on Instagram will get you there. I will put links in the show notes to the both of those uh, but yeah come come say hi come use the resource which is uh is kind of key for for today's episode um today i'm talking to uh, a guy called curtis may and curtis is well first of all he's hilarious and there's a lot of uh, pop culture references throughout this episode that was kind of funny and uh, w- when you see the video you'll see me sl- smiling away and, and kind of trying to mute the laughter too much um uh, curtis is the principal of practical wealth advisors and what he does is he helps families and businesses learn how to plan for their future and for financial independence um, it's a it's a really wide ranging interview. We talk a lot about you know building businesses and mindset and investing. Also a lot around the kind of ingrained um, behaviors and and learnings that are, are kind of forced on us really as we as we grow in our formative years on on money and finances and what we think we can do and what we think we can't do, all that kind of stuff. Um, Curtis has a really really strong and and, and really um, charismatic kind of. Uh, persona but he's also kind of very passionate about what he does and has a very positive outlook on life and it's really enjoyable to to kind of get that from him but also get that learning and there's a ton of books referenced in this as well that will help you kind of get on that that trajectory and I think the other thing to stick around for really is is Curtis sets out how he um kind of breaks things down and and gets to his goals and targets and that really is um something quite powerful within the episode so without further ado and without further a waffle from me other than please do leave us a a five-star review um come say hi on our socials and um you know thanks for your support uh here's the interview with curtis welcome to the investories podcast curse I've messed that up. Let me re- let me try that again. <laughs> Welcome Take to two. the Investories Podcast, Curtis May. How are you doing, Curtis? I, John, I am great. Thanks for having me. Luckily, I didn't fluff the intro. <laughs> <laughs> and Curtis is the host of the Practical Wealth uh, Show podcast and uh, creator and owner of Practical Wealth Advisors. Um, and I think that's a it, it's kind of a strange one, right? Um, personal wealth and growth and things like that we should all pay attention to uh we were talking just before the record of how um the the parallels of curtis taking four seasons to get into game of thrones 
I haven't right. watched it at all. <laughs> and, um, and the fact that, you know, you seek out advice on YouTube and you see these videos of like 600, 500 views and they're like going to change your life. And then some kind of viral trend is like 4 million views or 10 million views. That's fascinating. Yeah, I mean, you know, because I, I heard this from Russell Brunson. You just kind of, if you're doing that and you're in business, you're trying to get out there. I mean, I'm trying to learn the algorithms now. So I have a book on it, right? But you, we're, the way that came up was like, listen, you know, you got to, if you're new and you start to do something like this, it takes a minute to find your voice. And then they'll go back. I have people that find me and then go back to episode one. And then listen, put it on like one half, two speed and listen to the whole thing. And then, you know, it's eerie because they'll call me and want to work with me. And I'll say, all right, well, I think we should do this. Okay. And I think we should do that. Okay. But they've been listening to me for like 35 hours, 40 hours. So it's like, uh, you know, whatever I say is because they called me. Say, all right, right, let's just get it going. And it's weird. I was like, I wasn't ready for that. I was like, okay, is it? You know, you sure you don't have any questions? No, no, let's do it. And uh, so it's funny. And so it's like with the Game of Thrones thing, like you don't discover a lot of this stuff until it's been out there. So you have to be out there. So when they find you, there's there's stuff out there that has some evidence that you might know, you know, a thing or two. So hopefully I, you know, during this uh, call, I'll tell you both things I know. <laughs> so... <laughs> awesome. Um, so I still haven't watched Game of Thrones, so I feel like... Uh, I'm I'm behind by many many years at least on culture. Last season may disappoint you, but you know otherwise it was a good that. show. Yeah. Curtis, um, t- talk me through your background, like so financial awareness and and mm-hmm. and kind of those tactics are kind of hard learned sometimes. What what's your background? How did you get into this? Well, I you know it's weird. I I wanted to be a professional basketball player. And I realized my junior year in college that they were not looking for a five eleven two guards with a with a mediocre <laughs> handle. <laughs> and a person showed me a check for four hundred dollars. This is what I made for hours worth of work. I said, "Doing what?" He showed me some little presentation about asset management. I was like, "What?" You know, I I I was blessed. My family had always been in business, so I you know I didn't get that go get a good job talk. So I was always looking for opportunities to make money. That I I didn't scare me. Now saying that. I'm introverted. So I wasn't like, you know, to be in a, in a, in a sales type thing. That wasn't, that was hard for me, but my desire to win was greater than my fear. If that makes sense, you know, so you, mm-hmm. you know, if the, if the why is big enough the how don't matter. So I just, I kind of, when I get into something, I stay with it, but I really liked learning. I'm a nerd, right? So I, I was a cool nerd because I was also all city and basketball, but I, uh, I got into the business uh, my junior year in college, got my li- my insurance license and a couple years after that, my investor license. And I was like a typical, you know, max out your 401k, buy term investor difference, you know, mutual funds were the center of the universe, end all be all. And then around 2000, I read a little purple book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And uh, that kind of rocked my world because what he was talking about and what I was doing was different. Right. And I and I didn't know what yep. to do with that. And then I kept digging um, because, you know, when I read something, I don't just read a book. I read the bibliography. I read. I want to go dig all the way through the mountain. And then it just it took me a minute to kind of pull it a minute, meaning like the decade of the 2000s to kind of figure out, get to the point of what I'm doing now. <laughs> all right. Because I went through different iterations. I lost my religion. Didn't like the stock market at all. You know, around 2011. And I just if I if this was the business, I didn't want to do that. 
And then I kind of discovered what I'm doing now, uh, which was the genesis of it was something called Infinite Banking. And now I kind of wrapped that into a planning wrapper called Principles Based Planning, which is what I do now. And so I teach people how money works, basically. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely want to find out about that. What was the like so there's a couple of things there rich dad poor dad is the book that comes up almost every single yes. interview and we described it on the previous i think the last episode really which was for me it felt like unlocking a door and then being a completely different room but you have to be receptive to walking into that room and you have to be open to it it's, it's like morpheus giving you the red pill in the, in the <laughs> matrix for the, for yeah. y'all, y'all. And, and so when i read rich dad poor it was so weird because it was like, you, you know, at the end of the Matrix, uh, those of y'all, because I now run to people, have young people, they only know what I'm talking about. When I say the Matrix, I was like, oh my God. But it's <laughs> been, it. I know, it's like, oh, really? Am I that old? And, uh, but where he could see the Matrix, you know, Neo could see the little lines coming down. Rich Dad Poor Dad is really a book about accounting, right? Mm-hmm. And, fi- you know, financial literacy is accounting, it's not investing. And I didn't understand. And so when you drew those little boxes trying to teach accounting to 10 year old kids, I was like, I got it. I hated accounting before that, right? And then by mm-hmm. the time I, I finished the book, I was Neo. I was like, I'm the one, right? Because I could see, <laughs> <laughs> I could see financial statements and everything. All of a sudden, all those old Carlton Sheets real estate uh, courses I had when he's talking about do a performer. All of a sudden, all that stuff made sense because I didn't, I did, I just didn't have a concept of that. And um, then it, it just, oh, okay. And then just look, all right, what's the asset? What's the liability? And then you look at the difference between what um, you get to a second book, cash flow quadrants, and, and then, so it's really the first three, right? Cash flow quadrants, and then you get the rich dad's guide to investing, is really where you break it down. And and because what I kind of teach now is that see, investing. He says in the book, investing is a plan, right? Mm-hmm. And your financial plan precedes the investment or the business plan, right? And so, so many people just want to get in, they want to hit a home run, they want to make money, but they don't have a game plan to know when they've won, what they're trying to achieve. They're just excited and they just, let's have at it. You know, I want to invest in real estate. I want to flip houses. I want to do this. Well, for what? What are you trying to do? And I mm-hmm. kind of slow people down to do that, hence where the principles come from. I like that. And I think the other thing then is, is you're right, investing, and this took me a long time to kind of understand, investing isn't just about an overnight buck, right? And I read, um, oh, sorry, I watched online a few of the GameStop like success stories when GameStop blew up. And then I watched a couple of documentaries where people just lost everything. And the fact that there's a middle ground, which is investing over long term and being strategic and working with people, um, getting resources that help you plan that makes total sense. And kind of everything on the periphery of that is a bit of a lottery, right? Well, because, see, we think investing is exciting. It's like trading places with, you know, Bill Aykroyd and and (laughs) Eddie Murphy, right? Oh, you know, looking good, Lewis, feeling good, Billy Ray. And... (laughs) I'm a pop reference guy, so I'm not, you know, I'm <laughs> like not watching it. much yeah. TV movies I have. But what, what, so what we say, so in the but in Rich Dad book three says investing is boring. It's a formula. You get a formula and you just do that over and over again. And, and he talks about the four asset classes, right? Business, real estate, paper, assets, and commodities, right? So it's really what do you like, 
right? And um, but the other thing what we we kind of teach is is the three before even as I get into because what I what I told people look well what do I invest in? I said well let me give you let's talk about what is an investment, right? Because I I guarantee you we are not talking about the same thing. And uh, so if I if you listen to, um not listen um. There is uh, I'll ask people. This is what I'll ask people. It's just a test. I'll say, look, have you ever been? Have you ever heard of Warren Buffett? They go, yeah. Or Charlie Munger? They go, yeah. I say, have you ever heard of Benjamin Graham? And they, most of the time, like sixty percent of people, not really. Let's say read a few things, and but that's his mentor. They're both Graham value investors. So in his book, The Intelligent Investor, he says, uh, and this is the first chapter: investing versus speculating. Okay, and it's a book about the stock market, right? He says, so you understand there's a difference even within that there's a distinction right he says an investment is an operation in which you put your money your capital into where you have safety of principle and a reasonable opportunity to make a profit if it doesn't fit that definition you are speculating right Mm -hmm. so now if you hold that definition up to what people have been trained to do by the powers that be by wall street the 401ks and they're not they're all speculating they're not even because mm-hmm. they'll say save for retirement right but you're not saving you're investing for retirement but but really by that definition most people are speculating now i'm not saying not speculate i'm not against the markets i'm against you not speculating and not knowing what the hell you're doing right mm-hmm. and so what we teach is that so understanding that definition then we teach the three rules of investing investing what you know or invest in knowing, okay? Or uh, right, uh, invest in what you can control, mm-hmm. or what you can influence the outcome of, or or uh, don't and don't chase returns. See, most people are chasing returns, mm-hmm. and then or the other thing was, if let's say you're busy and you're running a successful business and you you don't you want to get your money out of the business into something else, then I would say you can invest in researching good operators, and then you can do. Um, you know, syndications and that kind of stuff, but you need to learn how to do your due diligence and that's what you invest in. And, uh, and then, uh, but I, you know, if you, I had a guy right now, so I was just picking up my daughter's car, just got out the shop. He's, he was telling me he was great to invest in a detail shop. And he says, well, yeah, I think you should. I mean, so you understand how the business works. It's not far from your other business. You're in the mechanic world. So he knows all the players. Mm-hmm. And I says, you invest in what you know. So you know the whole car thing from, so for you, it's not risky. I said, the only thing you have to do is watch your people, right? You know, do your accounting, make sure I would get a camera. You know, you know, like there's a, every business, there's numbers, right? So I said, look, you know, if you, there's a certain amount of cleaning stuff, that if the cleaning stuff is gone and you don't have X amount of dollars, they're stealing from you. You're doing side jobs using mm-hmm. your stuff to put money in their pocket. So you just got to know that kind of stuff. But a good a business person, once you know his numbers, you know money counts itself. And so that's that's and every business has something like that where you can say, I did this. If my stock is gone, I should have this amount of money. If I don't, somebody's stealing. Or I'm priced too low, or something, you know that kind of stuff. So you, but you know that. So you put a dollar in, you make two dollars. That's a hundred percent return. I don't know where mm-hmm. else you can do that. So that's a good investment <laughs> to me. <laughs> so that sounds that's yeah, a long answer, but that's you know no, that, that's that's <laughs> awesome. What one thing you did say was kind of falling out of love with the the stock market. I believe in in 2011. What what was that? Process? I lost my religion, as they say. <laughs> right. <laughs> you so did say that. The uh, so. So here's what happened. This is right after um, I was doing, I uh, was working in a school district doing the 403Bs, uh, which are t- retirement plans for teachers, right? Mm-hmm. And so I inherited this guy, this woman, who's 68, like a, 
I want to say a kindergarten teacher or something like that. But she had, I don't know, a couple hundred thousand dollars. And the guy that I inherited from had her in all kinds of unsuitable things like Janice Technology Fund. And, you know, for a 68 year old, she had no business being there. But it had he was chasing performance because the year before it had done 50 percent return. So he was just, you know, uh, I think he put her in those things. I think she did what she's doing. But anyway, after 9-11, the market went down and this woman lost I don't know easily 50 before I could move her to fix stuff and stop the bleeding $50,000 in three four weeks just you know and then the um, wholesaler which is the people from Mount Olympus from New York from the from the mutual fund company Mm -hmm. um, famous company came down and I told him that story she's 68 the market went down and he goes "Uh, well you know market's gonna come back I was like what did you say to me? I mean, how ter- dare you tell me this? I almost cursed, but this nonsense, <laughs> you right? You cuss. Uh, and uh, so I said, this is bullshit. What are you? I didn't say it to him, but I was thinking to myself, how do you tell you tell me this bullshit? And uh, uh, so I was livid because by the time I started studying economics, I started to understand. I wanted to know. I started to. I started studying Austrian economics. I read this little book called Become Your Own Banker. So that got me into like the creature from Jekyll Island and confessions of an economic hitman so now i'm all the way in with the red pills uh, you know so i'm going down that rabbit hole and um but then because I, I like to know why things happen so the markets don't just go up and go down they're distorted by the fed by this and that so once you kind of learn to think from a macro standpoint you can kind of see it coming it's not a big surprise and um i i learned that and i wanted to know that and i just i didn't like just being a sitting duck because i had lived through four crashes and i didn't i just you know, I didn't know why, because I was just, you know, in and, you know, they say do this and let's put some lipstick on this pig and sell it. And I, I did. I wasn't comfortable with that. And so mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you know, so I like insurance because I like certainty. I like guarantees. Like I, I put people in guarantee things and I tell people, look, if you didn't met me 25 years ago, you couldn't get me a word, play a word game that said guarantee. Right. Because it was, it was illegal in, in, in the equity world. I says, um, only thing I can guarantee is that you're the only person whose money's at risk. Right. Cause everybody's mm-hmm. guaranteed to make money, but you. And, uh, so that was the only guarantee you can get. So that's how I kind of lost it. And I discovered, okay, the, the, and then through the rich dad stuff, I said, okay, there's other asset classes where, you know, you have more control, you can be in business, you can, you know, and the other thing is people are investing for all they, all they know, Regular people, all they know, like retail people, you know, uh, employees basically, are taught to, you know, buy low, sell high. The market always goes up. That's bullshit too. That's not true. So people say mm-hmm. the S and P. The S and P is um, is really like the S and P six or seven, right? Yeah. That they drive most of the mm-hmm. most of the numbers. But then what happens? A company doesn't do well. What people don't realize, they take it out. Of the of the of the S and P, so but they show it in the Ibsen charts like it's one continuous number. Same thing with the Dow. When the Dow started, I think there's one company left that when the Dow Jones Industrial Average started, it's like one company left over. But they show it as this thing. Oh, since 1928, it's done. You know, it's it's, it's done 11 percent or whatever it does. You know, show these charts, and I, you you have to kind of. It's a bit disingenuous in my mind. And uh, the consumer doesn't know. They just look at a prospectus and say, okay, or look at their 401k statement. Well, it did this. I guess I'll put it here. Mm-hmm. Or you're younger. You should take high risk. You know, it's, it's just because people yeah. don't know. So that's why I think you have to educate yourself. You can't just take people's word for it. Don't take my word for it. Read a book. There's, there's also the insider aspect. So I don't know if you've ever been to the horse races. 
um, way bigger in the UK than over here. Hmm. But you have you have um, people that bet, right? And you can read the form and you can go, oh, this horse is good over this distance and on this ground. And it kind of looks like this. And you can take an educated guess. But then you have the people that know the jockeys, know the owners, go in and know everything about that horse and go, well, yeah, of course I picked that one. It was 18 to one, but it was definitely going to win. And that's right. kind of, right. I feel like that with the stock market. And I, yes. I say that as... <laughs> I invest for my daughter, so I have a custodial account for her. I put money every, every month, and we just buy the S&P 500. Yeah, um, that's what Buffett says. Just, it's, just buy it's, the index, because just, the index yeah. is... Most managed money doesn't beat the indexes. So you're, you know, he says you're paying all these helpers, yeah. <laughs> he likes to call them. And, um, you know, whereas I like to see people start a side business, you know, or learn mm-hmm. how to buy a real... You know, because investing is more about becoming something than it is buying something. Right. So it's be yeah, agreed, then do, then have. And most people don't want to do the do part. So Wall Street is uh, and it's not right or wrong. It just is. So you have to figure out your truth. Right. You mm-hmm. it's it's based on um, easy. Everybody wants an easy button. Oh, it's safe. You know, you're this age. So you get this, you know, par- target date fun and it's convenient. And we take it right out of your check. And, you know, but they would never tie their money up for 30 years. No. I think I think that's really easy. I I kind of uh, really interesting. Sorry, I f- I found that easy button conversation going on in my head. I took my previous retirement account, previous four hundred one k, to self directed, and it well, it was like a it was like a snap. It was like oh, I need to get clued up on some stuff. I need to figure out what I want to do. Become risk, right? Become. Yeah, become. That's right. Um, so it's kind of I feel like I've got this duality in terms of I've, I have all these short term aspirations with kind of ready cash. Um, and what I want to invest in and grow a business. But then I also have this self-directed um, kind of part of me, which is, hey, there's John in 65. Here's, uh, here's the stuff we need to do now to make sure he's set up. Kind of well, thing. but see, this is what I, that doesn't work. That's what I mean. So think about this. If you had a million dollars and if you did the um, what they would call the safe withdrawal rate, this is what mm-hmm. they'll allow people in, in that business to show. Um, that's like 4%. So if you had a million dollars, that's $40,000 a year, Mm -hmm. right? And so just old school retirement planning, your retirement plan is a three-legged stool, pension, personal savings, social security. So most people only have two stools, right? Because they don't have a pension, okay? Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, they don't save enough. I think it was some study I saw where, I gotta, so don't quote me this, go look it up. But the average 60-year-old has less than a hundred thousand or less than a hundred and fifty thousand dollars in a four oh one K, right? So that is not working where you, you go even if you had two million dollars, that's that's like eighty thousand dollars a year, right? Yeah. And so in a fluctuating stock market with the value the monetary unit called a dollar buys less every year. Mm-hmm. So now you gotta take out more than you needed to just to keep up the same purchasing power oh and oh by the way it's in a tax deferred account so when you pull it out it's taxable right so there's so and so you get you got to overcome the tax hit on the distribution Mm because it's taxed as ordinary income so there's so many like moving parts with that i'm not saying not do it just understand it most people don't my problem i have is people don't understand it and so that's where you know where i actually help people implement uh, or as a strategist, but I, you know, I'm really more of a financial educator. I tell people, look, it's your money, right? It's not mm-hmm. Curtis's money. Can't be more important to me than it is to you. So I said, I'm Yoda, 
you're Luke. <laughs> the like pop it. reference, right? And yeah, and I like so it. I'm, you know, you have the force. I you still have to go through the trials to become a Jedi. I'm just gonna show, I'm, <laughs> you got to dig that plane out of that swamp. Right, 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 right. You know, I'm just going to show you how to use the first, but you still got you still got to you know master and become a master a master Jedi. And so you have to go through that journey. But you think about it. Every every any, any of you that are listening, if you're good at something, it took work, it took time, it took expertise. So where else has not paying attention, giving somebody else control? not studying where else has that worked in your life it doesn't so it's mm -hmm. the same thing with money so anyway i'm just saying no i like that and i think if not this then what right this right is like what are you working for money pretty, you, might well, pretty you, might well, you might as well uh learn how money works but see the key is what we talk to people about john is financial freedom right not retirement see mm -hmm. retirement's an age financial freedom is a capability Right. I like that. So you want to become so it's what's the capability be able to live like you want to live from the income from your personally invested assets. So then when you think that way, you're looking for assets. Well, what's the rich dad definition of an asset? Somebody puts money in your pocket. So if you can um, I was talking I was speaking to this real estate group, talking to them about how to grow their business. I said, well, I think is it is it Cause I was trying to get them to get out of the transaction mindset. I said, listen, mm -hmm. what if could you help your clients? I know. I said, what do you think you could get? Is it reasonable to get maybe net $500 a month in rent after you pay the expenses? Yeah. I said, well, could you help your clients buy a house a year for the next 10 years or two houses a year for the next 10 years or five years? They said, yeah, if they, I, I believe we could. I said, well, okay. Well, so they, you had 10 houses at $500 that the rent will go up because inflation forced the rents up. That's mm -hmm. $60,000 a year. And, and, you know, if it's, a, I'm just making a number, $100,000 house, well, you don't need $100,000. You need like 20. And you can get the house with leverage. If you want $100,000 of stock, guess what? You need $100,000. There yeah. ain't no leverage going. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. so you got to, so it's, 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 what is, what is the asset class that you want to learn? And, but you want to focus on, we talk to our clients about focusing on cash flow, growing your cash flow every year. So when you look at your assets, well, how much how much cash flow those assets buying off that will tell you when you can retire and you know we we our goal is to help people tr you know try to get that done in a, a decade or less right I, that's not unrealistic if you're willing to become it's going to work it's you know mm -hmm. no promises but you know it's it's what's the alternative being broke <laughs> yeah and being broke for forever right forever and especially with inflation and with market changes but now right. you're old and broke so I tell people, look, right. I said, if you don't, this, I used to use a joke when I was doing a retirement plan. So listen, I, I tell them, listen, I don't, you know, if you don't do this, you do this, you know, that's up to you. But if you don't participate in the plan, I said, just, I want you to practice these words and I'll go, you ready now? And there I'm like leaning forward. I go say, hi, welcome to Walmart. Okay. <laughs> and, <laughs> So I had a teacher, she just, she started dying because she wasn't expecting that. And she just, she was in tears. She thought that was the funniest thing she ever heard. I was like, welcome to Walmart. I like that. That people were pissed off. But. That's going in the title. Um, so Curtis, in terms of this, what you do, the process and kind of the, the broad strokes of it, I guess the principles, what does that look like? So what we do is uh, we, we try to help people get them organized so they can make better financial decisions. So we, we have a, something called a personal financial snapshot. So we look at their stuff and we organize it so they can see their personal finances on one page, basically a one-page financial plan. But what we're looking at them through the lens of 
principles, right? So here are the five principles. Principle one is to save, right? Save what? It is right from the richest man in Babylon. Part of all you earn is yours to keep, okay? So those are principles. Principles don't change. Principles don't matter if the market's up, market's down, has nothing to do with products. It's all about your philosophy about how to be a good steward with your resources, okay? So it's not about predictions and having crystal balls. It's about provisioning and being prepared whether markets go up, down, or sideways. You're still supposed to win, right? So the first principle is save. See, because what we teach is velocity of money over accumulation of money, right? Mm -hmm. So velocity method, we call it, starts with saving, right? So that means you got to underconsume. Save 15, 20% of your gross income. The verb of save. You can't save your way to financial freedom, but you do have to have capital so that you have money to invest. Okay? And so we say, teach. I teach to save from income, right? Let me define savings. It's got to be safe, liquid, accessible, guaranteed. That's where you store your capital. And then, so the first step is to save, which means you got to manage cash flow, right? And, uh, and so if you want to create maximum wealth, you have to create maximum efficiency. So most people are chasing investments. I teach the opposite. You have to stop giving money away. You, most people are transferring their wealth away through, and I'll come back to what the five transfers are, but they're giving most of your money away before they get it because they're inefficient in how they handle money or how they're taught to handle money by the institutions because they make money off of you not knowing what I'm about to tell you, right? Yep. The second principle is the concept we call maximum protection, right? So I'm the defensive coordinator, John. So what happens is I want to make sure, I want to indemnify you, which means if you have a loss, insurance is supposed to make you whole, not make you rich, but bring you back to where you were before the loss. So we actually go over all this stuff, their auto, their home, their, do you have, most people don't have umbrella coverages. They don't have uh, insurance to cover if they become disabled or long-term care, proper medical. They don't have wills. They don't have trust. You know, they don't have proper life insurance. So we go to, we break down, how do they work? Do you have them? Do you need, it's not really a need. Do you want maximum protection? Because insurance is not a need product, it's a want product. What is it that you want? So you want to make sure that you can be made whole, live, die, get sick, right? So if, if, if while you're building the kingdom, you have to protect the kingdom so that you don't have to go to zero if something goes sideways. The third principle, so that's principle two, maximum protection. Principle three is Full replacement of assets at death, or what I call building a legacy of wealth and wisdom. So if you don't make it, we want to leave, you know, you. We, it says in the Bible, a wise man leaves inheritance for his children's children. So you want to leave, I'm big on legacy, right? Don't don't die for free, <laughs> right? And uh, the fourth principle is liquidity. This is the other thing. Even with really good investors or really good business owners, they, they'll hear like... Um, Grant Cardone, cash trash and 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 stay broke. Mm-hmm. But stuff happens. You have to have access to capital, right? And so what I say is the first 90 days is your, like your emergency fund. Everything above that is your opportunity fund to look for and buy or build cash flowing assets. But you need to be, because we're now, where do you get the liquidity? Principle one, you have to save it, mm-hmm. right? And then... Uh, and then the fifth principle is like well, most people when, I, when I'm on investment shows, they're already in principle five. Principle five is velocity of money. So then we're looking at your, your debt, your, your what I call your constructive debt and your destructive debt. So your constructive debt, if you're borrowing money to make money, that's called leverage, right? You're not trying to get out of debt. You, you can't win the United States of America by becoming, folks on becoming debt free, <laughs> 
right? You have yeah. to, but if you, you know what I mean? That's 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 it's, nice. It's the monopoly example, right? Which is yes. you don't win monopoly by just collecting two hundred dollars every time you pass go. Right, you got to buy assets, and if you can use other people's money to buy a real thing, but you you but what we do, what consumers do, is they buy stuff, or we wish they have mm-hmm. a call doodads, and so now you're working for the bank. And uh, yeah. you work for money, right? So your first lesson, rich dad, poor dad, is rich people don't work for money, which means mm-hmm. they don't. Well, I was listening to this clip before the call of, of uh, Warren Buffett saying, yeah, you know, if I make money with money, my tax rate is like 15, 20%. He says, if I make money with my muscles or labor, I could make, I could be charged 15 to 35%. Right, because it's a because you guys earn income, so that's taxed at a higher rate. So if you look at if you study, you break apart and study rich people, they don't work for money. They get capital gains. They you know the guy I was listening to thing for uh, what's his name from Tesla, uh, Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. He's got all this stock, and then he says, well, listen, you know they'll let him collateralize his stock and give him money. <sighs> Because yeah. they know he's good for it. So guess what? That's not earned income. That's tax free. That's why these people don't pay taxes because they're they're borrowing money and they use. Debt as money, because debt is money in 2023 if you're using it correctly. But we don't understand the game. That's why, you know, the, you have to learn the game of money because you're learning the games that being taught by people that create the situations, control the outcome so that they profit of you not understanding it. And so with velocity, so in different assets, is like in real estate, it's the Burr method, right? Mm-hmm. If you're in a restaurant business, how many times can you turn the tables over? Right. I, I spoke uh, last March at the Laundromat Millionaire Conference and I had a keynote down there. And whatever, as I studied them, they wanted bigger, more efficient dryers and machines because if they can mm-hmm. get people in and out the mat faster, that's turnover is velocity in their business. Right. So that's just an economic principle. You want money? Mr. Warnful says, look, I want if I give you this half million dollars, I'll soon I get my money back with friends. Right. And so he can do what? Put it in another thing. So we're taught to buy it, hold it, leave it there for 30 years. But an institution mm-hmm. would never do that, right? They'll use leverage. They want they want velocity, cash flow, leverage. And so that's what you have to learn. But you got to learn that because that's not common knowledge. And it's not necessarily risky. Being uneducated is risky so that we have mm-hmm. to learn You know how to do it. That's why I'm big education, you know, big on financial education. And then you got to learn what you like like because mm-hmm. i don't i don't think it's my job to tell you because if i say invest is about is about becoming it's not my job to tell you what to become i like that i've been doing some um, some personal coaching and that's a lot of the themes around that is who who do you want to be what do you want to be what do you want what does your future look like not yeah i'm going to tell you what you should be doing right and right. then let's apply some broad strategies that apply pretty yeah, much see, principles to get you there Right. Yep. Principles, honesty, hard work, and then the financial principles. Uh, then principles drive the strategy. Or really, you know what comes before that? Your goals. What do you want and why? Mm-hmm. Then your principles. Because Jim Rohn will say most people don't have a money problem. They have a philosophy problem, right? Mm-hmm. Principles drive strategy. These are the things you're going to do to get you down the road towards the outcome that you are. your goal is, right? You know, passive income, greater expenses, Uh uh, a work optional lifestyle yeah you know that that you know that's it we you know what do you will you have to have it uh napoleon hill says you gotta have a chief definite aim what are you willing to work for that you get up and you're just got a burning desire in your gut because if you wishy-washy that's not going to get it done like you've got to get something that you like and it's not the money 
it's mm-hmm. real like for me it's freedom right there's a there's yeah. a clip from the gamble that's like the theme of i have a, a membership site called the money for life club and um we call it you know, we have a newsletter called the cash flow and air and so the goal is getting to the uh, this is from the John Goodman clip. Just look up John Goodman, the gambler, and he talks about getting to the glorious position of F you. <laughs> okay. And he's talking to, um, what's his name? Uh, um, what's the guy? Mark Wahlberg. So just look, it's like a four minute clip. I've watched it, I don't know, 50 times. And every time we'll I put get, the link watch in it, the show notes. yeah, it, it gets me fired up. So my whole planning <laughs> process is built around getting to FU, <laughs> right? So Love we want to get people to the FU position <laughs> and where you can do what you want, when you want. And I, what's your desire has to be freedom, you know, where you, your people, nobody can put their thumb on you and squeeze you. And um, the people that like find me, that's what they want. And then they realize they've been in the game long enough to realize that what they're doing is not taking them there. And now they're looking, right? Mm-hmm. And then I, Curtis will give you some homework because it's your money. But then, you know, we try to, yeah, I try to make sure you're sound financially that you, you know how to manage cash flow, you know, the difference between the asset and the liability, you're saving, you've got protection, you know, you're playing defense, but offense is your job, right? Mm-hmm. You got to figure out, do I want to be in business? Do I, do I like, you know, do I want to franchise? Do I want to buy businesses? You do I do, do I want to be an active real estate investor? Do I want to host? Do I want to syndicate? You know, I got clients that do private lending. I got clients that have ATM machines. I got clients that buy notes that, that you know, performing and non-performing, tax liens, life settlements. Have at it. It all works. Mm-hmm. If you're not stupid. But, <laughs> no, uh, you're not. <laughs> Damn it. I'm, tr- I'm stuck. Um, no, I, I ha- what's really interesting, I was kind of hanging in your every word there because I had that realization. I was in a W-2, um, still am, but... Um, mm-hmm. You know, I love my job mm-hmm. at the moment. I feel very fortunate to be there. But I know that that's not me for the rest of my life. And I know that what I want to do is have that freedom, build a business that, that helps, that grows, that has community, that has drive, um, all that good stuff. And kind of I'm still figuring out how to get there. And it's super – when you unlock that in your brain, it's super yeah. exciting. It's on then, right? And so Jim Rohn say – and I got this – first time I heard this was from Robert Allen. Job is the – job is a – he's who he calls. I heard this like at 20. A temporary – is book called um, Creating Wealth by Robert Allen. He says a job is a temporary inconvenience to give you the cash flow you need to build your thing, whatever mm-hmm. that thing is, to be that to be, get you to financial independence. Or Jim Rohn says, I like this is a better, nicer way to say it. You know, wages make you a living, profits make you a fortune. So you have to earn your living by day, mm-hmm. but you can work on your fortune at night, on the weekends, on your lunch break, right? Because our tax code, I, I was having a lunch at a conference with Tom Realwright, Kiyosaki's, um, uh, uh, Accountant, right? Mm-hmm. Tax-free wealth, time we're right. He says, listen, the, the tax code is, another word for code is map, right? It's a treasure map, right? So our code, the tax code is a stimulus program. It tells you what the government wants done. And mm-hmm. so if you partner with them, what do they want? They want jobs. Who creates jobs? Businesses. So the tax code favors business owners. It They want housing. So it, t- it favors real estate investors. They want food. So it favors agriculture. And they want energy. Right. So if you can do any or all of those things, even if you I don't care if you're uh, I tell people, look, there's no difference between Trump's plane and your pink Cadillac with Mary Kay on the side. Right. It's the same thing from a tax Mm -hmm. standpoint. It's like, you know, you just you don't think about it that way because you're you're still 
stuck in scarcity. You think these people are greedy, rich people. Money is evil. Y'all got to let all that stuff go, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, because money follows value. So money is a result of creating value in the marketplace. So if you're not making enough money, you have to ask yourself, how can I serve more people? How can I create value in the marketplace? And once you understand that, then you'll look at profits and stuff differently, like, you know, and, and, and start to operate from a more prosperous mindset. Mm-hmm. No, I, I like that a lot. I think that's uh, that's one of the things I went through. Like uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad was, was the book that kind of unlocked yeah. it. But I was in that scarcity mindset. And I was uneducated as well. So I was in, uh, I was away last week uh, with family, and my my wife's nephew was asking me, "Hey, um, how do you, how do you, I don't want to, you know, I want to be rich, I want to make money, blah blah blah." And I was like, "Well, I, I can't tell you the, the blueprint for that. What right, I right. can tell you is some good rules of thumb, and you can add to these. Don't buy stupid shit that you don't right. need. That's right. <laughs> okay. Rule one: don't don't go into stupid <laughs> debt to buy it. Um, and you know, uh, the hard work. Don't have aspect. a bunch of kids where you where you have child support of of. of uh... <laughs> well, that's a, that's not a bad one actually. Yeah, you got that from a different angle. Right, right, right. Talk, right, right, right. Um, but I feel like there's so many people. I'm I'm on a Facebook group for dads, and the questions are often the same. People in sticky situations financially, and the impact of that in their personal lives, in relationships, in work, in everything, and it's it's kind of scary to see um but that i don't feel like they've unlocked their minds to to be able to go into they that don't like step. you have to think your way out of it like you got to get around people because there's nothing new under the sun right i was just telling a friend of mine i had i was my father got sick so i took over one of our family we had two bars right and so we were struggling i'm str- see if y'all could hit the video the gray hair came from the bar business right i was gonna i had a, two bars in <laughs> north philadelphia where i could get robbed at gunpoint yikes any given night right and, and I was doing my financial business, but I was doing neither one of them very well. But I, I had a cousin that was really winning, and I didn't go to him and ask for money. I just needed somebody to help me think that, you know, he had, had that business before. He was doing pretty well, and I just needed somebody to talk to to help me think through. Somebody's been there before, so you've got to, you know, um, uh, you have to get, you know, Jim Rohn said, don't wish it was easier, wish you were better. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have to get better. And, um, uh, uh, you know, because the my another favorite saying, the winds of adversity blow on us all. But the difference is how you set the sail. So I always work at how can I set a better sail? How can I, you know, it's going to be windy, but how can I be a better sailor? How can I develop my skills? How can I attract more of my ideal client? How can I, if there's a, I, I believe we're in the middle of a, of a financial recession, eye of a financial storm. Well, when we hit the other eye of that hurricane, when we go back into stuff, how do you, A, protect your personal economy and B, thrive in good times and bad. So so I ask myself those type of questions and I ask our clients, you know, I try to put out there, well, how are you thinking about this stuff, you know, and because you can be scared or you can see opportunity and be prepared for it. You have to prepare for it. Shit happens. You have to, you have to, it's going to happen. So that's called life. So it's not going to be, markets don't always go up, right? Mm-hmm. So what if it doesn't? That's people make more money in, in bad times than in good times. But if you're scared and you're looking for some president or some leader or some whatever to save you, you're toast. I think that's really interesting because this <laughs> stuff isn't um, it's not handed down through education. No. Uh, and it's not in the UK either. They want you to be poor is my personal um, yeah. belief. 
the uh, I have a belief that we're an infinite product for the for the governments, right? Yes, we, we pay for the service. Think of it like Netflix, but a hell of a lot more expensive. Right, right, right. Um, right. So there's there's a reason to keep you just about comfortable. Um, and you got to decide if you want to unplug from the matrix. I mean, really, <laughs> and um, or or take more control. You have to think for yourself. You have to. Somebody's probably watching me now, and I'm saying all this stuff. But you know, <laughs> you have to. You know, I just think you got. You want to be. Our country is designed. United States of America is designed. Uh, to be for for it's not like completely like that, but free enterprise, freedom to enter the race to get the prize, mm-hmm. and with with. All the stuff is going up. It's still, in my opinion, the greatest country in the world, and you can still go get it. The opportunities abound. You just you have to, you have to. Uh, I mean, I talk to people that look like me, John, right? And I'm saying, listen, I don't care who did what. Or you're 400 years behind. You can win today, right? And uh, so that's kind of the message of my show. Stop looking for somebody to come save you. <laughs> so yeah, yeah well, you got to save yourself. You say that. I mean, I was at a, a barbecue um, probably last year, and someone made the comment of like, "Oh, this country sucks, and everything's expensive." And I, I'm like, "How's your Chinese?" And he said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Because well, where else are you going to go? Right. This is this is it. It's like you can make money in other places, but this is the, this is the kind of target, right?" Because right, um, you can't go places and own property and start a business and, uh, you know, have because we have why the West wins because people think they can transport this stuff to other, you know, like democracy, which we don't have a democracy, we have a republic, another story. But what happens is we have from English common law, very structured rules on personal property on the ability to own land and the ability to own land is what allows people to create wealth because you can get land build a house on it, get a loan, cash it out. Now you've turned that money into capital and you can do other stuff. And so if we didn't, since we have contract law, private property law, that's why you can build wealth, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so, you know, there's what Myron Golden says, and if you want to know the mystery of wealth, you got to know the history of wealth, right? And you got to understand what, you know, what makes, he has this great talk, I, which I'm not going to give. You got to look at, look it up, Myra Golden, um, uh, the, the mystery, the history of versus the mystery. He's got some YouTube videos on it, but it's cool stuff. But the guys, the stuff is out there. You just got to want it. And you can find out with Google, with YouTube. I mean, there's just no reason to, there's, there's nothing new under the sun and you can get whatever you need to know if you're willing to know it or, or you can be broke. That's a choice. Well, the choice. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, but there's some food for thought. A lot of our um, a lot of our listeners are kind of, and I'm, I want to be mindful of your time, uh, but a lot of our listeners are kind of, they have a couple of units and they're growing. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk a lot about growth. Um, what would you suggest in terms of kind of good first steps to kind of figuring out, I don't want this to just be a job, I want to plan out? Yeah, I think that you, you've got to... Because otherwise, you're, if you don't really have, okay, look, I got a few units. What what if I want $10,000 a month of passive income or if I want whatever, based upon my net profit, how many of those do I need to do that? I think mm-hmm. that's your first goal. First goal is to get out the rat race, okay? And so, and then what's the time frame do I want to do that? And then, so now you know that, well, all right, I got to buy two houses a year for the next five years. Well, now you look at it and you'll say, well, all right, so now I've got, 
um, I would do one a five-year goal and one-year targets, right? So I would look at a one-year target, and then I would have 90-day breakdowns. And we can see, once you know that, or how many houses I going to look at? How many offers do I have to make? What are my finances need to look like? Like, we're just kind of meandering. This is where I, what I work with people that where I, I, I tell people I bring a financial planning aspect to you know, uh, uh, business owners and real estate investors because I want people to think about that. I'll say, all right, how, how much do you want your passive income to grow every year? Let's break that down a quarter. And what are you doing? What's the work? I had a client I was talking to this morning. I said, well, she left her job. I was like, all right. I says, well, you know, I'm wholesaling. I got some short-term rentals. Okay, what's your goal? She was making 130000 She said, 200000 I said, what were you making before you left? I said, 130. All right, well, how much is that a month? And uh, I said, well, how many units? I said, so now... How many properties you have on the contract? One. I said, well, how many of those do you need to make? And she didn't know, but I said, well, what are you doing? It's June 1st. What are you doing next week to, to make this stuff happen? How many things are you looking at? Are you, because every business, especially if you're like, you know, even acquisition, buying and holding, or wholesaling or flipping, any is a transactional business, but it's lead generation. Who are, who you're, mm-hmm. where are you getting your leads from? Lead conversion, getting it under contract or getting an offer out there. Then, if you're keeping it, you got to get it livable, and then you've got to manage it. So it's like a bunch of different moving parts there. So you got to decide what do I like and what kind of outsource. But really, the lead generation. Is the game. I don't care what business you're in, is lead generation. And a lot of people, because the other thing, John, mentally, you have to move, if you want out of this rat race, you have to move from being a work processor, right? You have to, because most people go to work and if when they're off work, they're, they don't have anybody telling what to do. So they come home and watch TV, right? Mm-hmm. Now, your listeners aren't like that because I already have a few units, but you've got to be eaten up with becoming financially free. Now, I'm not saying you don't see your kids. I think, listen, I believe you can't double your income until you double your time off. So I'm not like live talk about living in a sackcloth. I think you have to reward yourself <laughs> for hard work, but I think that you have to work, you know, that whereas, you know, you have to look at your week and say, okay, does your work ethic match your dreams? Mm-hmm. And then you, and what is the work that you need to be doing? That's why you get a mentor, you get a coach, and, you know, what is it? How do you do this lead generation? Where is this? How do you build a buyer's list? What what don't I know, and where can I go to get the stuff? Because that's work. Because there's nothing new out here. So there ain't no reason for you not to know how to do this stuff. There's YouTube. There's the podcast. There's books. There's masterminds. There's RIAs. I mean, you know, if you don't, you're not in the game. If you don't know how to find that stuff, don't sit there. And just, and you can, it can't all be free stuff. You're going to have to pay somebody to know some stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> so, <laughs> if if and if you if you are at the start of this journey, go to a real estate meetup, talk to ten people, have your mind blown, and come back with fire. Because I went to one on Tuesday, I came back Wednesday morning. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> because you see, because you have to, yeah, because you have to get around people that are that are on fire, that are going where you want to go. Because if you hang around, because one is. Like, first of all, you you have to be... Because you can't tell your friends that aren't trying to do that what you're trying to do. Matter of fact, don't... I wouldn't tell Don't them, tell right? them. They'll, don't tell they'll them. say you're crazy. 
Right. And so you need to get around people once a week and, um, you know, get find your people, find your tribe, find people that are that are excited about where you're trying. That is so critical because it, it could be your spouse is not even on the same page. Right. And uh, and so and they're not going to be till you make some money. Right. Then it's like, oh, you're a genius. I knew you could do it. Yeah. OK. And uh, <laughs> my hate no more hater. No, just kidding. So I know people that said that my wife is my number one hater. I was speaking somewhere. I was like, I don't say that. But um Fortunately, I'm blessed because my wife is in business, so she uh, she put up with me till I kind of figure this stuff out. <laughs> um, more or less. No, just kidding. The uh, she's probably listening. So, um, but you know that's that's the thing. You just have to get it. You have to you know understand Rome wasn't built in a day, mm-hmm. and then you know it's it's you just if you just show up and you make offers or you whatever it is you're trying to build, just understand you know. You most people just don't give their efforts time to compound. One of the best advice I got from my dad, I heard from the time I was like eight, it takes two to five years to build a business. Mm-hmm. And you know, you most people 90 days, six months, because if you're working, if you're doing the right stuff, you know, I had my goal say all work works. It's either working on you or it's working for you. So if it's not, mm-hmm. doesn't seem like it's working, it's working on you because you're not ready. Nice. Yeah. Like you that. don't have the negotiation skills. You don't know how to. You don't have the problem solving skills. But guess what? Activity produces knowledge. Knowledge does not produce activity. So you have mm-hmm. to get to work to because it's more caught than taught. Everything that you're trying to do is more caught than taught. You can't read a book on swimming. You got to jump in the pool. I like it. I'm, I'm disappointed. So anyway, you got me fired up re- now. I'm, I'm disappointed that's not a reference, <laughs> right. a cultural reference. We need to figure one out for that. I know. All right. Yeah. I'm sure. I, no, look, I have no original thoughts. I'm sure I heard it somewhere. <laughs> Curtis, how can people uh, get in touch with you and work with you? Um, so you can, um, thanks for asking. <laughs> you can, uh, I, you know, first thing I would have you do is, is check out my show. Check out the Practical Well yeah, Show or, or, or our YouTube channel so you can find out more of what I call the madness that is Curtis. <laughs> so make sure you actually want to talk to me. And um, But I will go to practicalwealth.net. I'll give you that. You can put it in, in the show notes. And our, our, our YouTube. And from there, it's links where you can make an appointment with us. You can download our, our, our uh, one of our free reports and just be on our newsletter list and just get to know us, you know, or me a little bit and find out what we're doing. And then if you, we offer, you know, a complimentary consultation. I have a book also, uh, not a book, a report. It's called the, uh, I'm big on cash, right? So I have a free report called The Value of Liquidity, right? So if you're listening to this and if you'll text be the bank, all one word, all caps, be the bank, no sets, no spaces, to 55444, you know, so you text, the short code is 55444, and in the message, you put be the bank, and then we'll respond, and we'll give you a link to download this free report. Um, and, you know, let's just stay in touch, and, and I hope you you like it, and, um, you know, listen to what we're doing, and when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Love it. No, that's that's super awesome. I'm definitely going to be texting that, <laughs> and I'm also going to be trying to get a cons- consultation with you, because um, I think that's kind of a piece that I'm missing in my uh my quiver of uh, weapons. So I listen, I'm happy to share, uh, you know, and I'm very educational. Like, so I will give you homework. And, um, cause like I said, I always tell people, it's not my money is your money. Right. And it can't be more <laughs> important to me than it is to you. Right. If you don't care, 
Don't call me. Like, if you don't want to think and you just want to blindly put your money in some 401k and then not think about it for the next 20 years, hear me. Do not call me. <laughs> there we go. All right? I'm not that guy, okay? It's, it's, you, you're going to be an active participant in your, in your salvation. All right, so. Love that. That's a great way to end. Curtis, I'm... I, I feel like there's another another hour of conversation with you on this. I've I've really enjoyed our conversation, so thank you so much. I'm very silly, so thank you. I I'll, uh, I gotta have fun while I do this. So you like me, or I might piss some people off. I don't know, but hey, that's what we like. That's what we like. Don't want to be, be in in the middle, right? You gotta no, you gotta be at least divisive a little. Right, bit. right. Cool. Or a lot. Well, you know, my nickname is Contrarian, so it's all good. Contrarian's good. Yes. And we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to the Investories Podcast. We all have a story. What's yours? The Investories Podcast.